Well, good morning, Southern Oregon, and welcome to The Real Estate Show. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lima here from John L. Scott Real Estate, Southern Oregon's, and we're wrapping up 2020. Pete, here we are after Christmas. You're in Klamath Falls. You lost your house. The market's been crazy. Why don't you bring us up to speed on what's going on with you? Well, well, I was going to say, you know, the hasn't 2020 been a... Uh, it's going to be a year that we're never going to forget in our life. That's for sure. And I think when it comes down to, uh, you know, it, it, it depends who you are, where you are, whether you thought it was a good year or a bad year. Because you know, every time there's a, a, a crisis like this in, in, in business or whatever, there's always opportunities that come to play. And the people who are the ones that go out there and are active and doing that are the ones who are going to come out of the pandemic or the virus or whatever in a stronger position than when, they, than when we went into it back in March. And I think that's really the story of real estate, Alice. The entire thing has been a, a, a ride up since March. And we're going to talk about that today in our show, about what that has been like, who has benefited, who has not, what has happened, because uh, the market certainly, uh, you know, we're in the middle of winter right now. So it's changed a little bit, but all the, you know, all the prerequisites are there for what 2021 is going to be like. And boy, what a lot of unexpected changes. You know, this time last year, we were on track to level off after that big run up after the housing crisis, remember? And we thought we're finally going to level off. We'll have a normal three to 5% appreciation. And bam, then the COVID hit and then the fires. And didn't we hear from our management at John L. Scott that we had a 13% increase in appreciation just in Jackson County? Well, we're, it's very, it's double digits. And so that's what's concerning when it gets that high. Can we continue to do that? Boy, I don't know. The whole story though really is about inventory, Alice, and where the inventory is, who's buying it, and how it is disappearing off the shelf, so to speak. That's really right now, I think the big story because it, it tells a different picture when you look at that and I think that's where we're at as we head into 2021. We have no inventory in certain areas, and that's a real problem. Well, it seems like we're getting more houses on the market, uh, definitely more than we were in September and October uh, when the fires were fresh. Um, but they seem to be selling faster, and it's not just the lower price ranges. It's it's everything, but we've got a, a break coming up. We're sponsored by the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. We're sponsored by John L. Scott here in Southern Oregon. And we're also sponsored by Guy Giles and Mutual of Omaha Mortgage. And we're so grateful and thankful to them for uh, having us this year. And we'll be back in a moment. And we're going to talk more about wrapping up 2020. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back, real estate fans, to the Real Estate Show. Pete Bill Castro, Alice Lima here. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Southern Oregon, and we're doing a 2020 uh, kind of week in review, year in review. We're talking about all the interesting twists and turns. And uh, before the break, we, uh, Pete and I were just talking about the low inventory kind of what happened this year, the appreciation rate. And uh, we're going to have our stats out in a couple of weeks, but I'm predicting that um, the appreciation may level off next year, just like it was trying to do at the beginning of 2020 last year. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning of the beginning of 2020. Okay. It was a big real estate year coming January and February were two pretty darn good, good months of real estate. 
Then the pandemic hit and we're shut down now for March, okay? And what happened, Alice, is beginning in March, when it, by the time it came to April, then May, then June and July, what we just started seeing was the drop off in listings. They just kind of just dropped off down to around a couple of hundred here. Klamath County is down to 100. Josephine County is 101 stick built listings right now. So the pandemic has brought the listings down. Why? I still think people generally are staying put longer than what they have been in the past because of the uncertainty, no school, jobs, whatever, that they just are staying put. So the, the, the trend is right there. March, April, May, we start down and we really went down in listings all the way back to the end of the year. It hasn't, it has not changed overall since the pandemic. That may be the biggest hit that the pandemic has given us. Do you think that's true? I think it's been a combination of things because the demand went up. And again, this is just me talking as one real estate agent in Southern Oregon, that the demand went up twice artificially. And I'm not saying artificial, like the demand wasn't there. I'm saying that it wasn't the kind of fundamental market fundamentals that we would normally have as our predictors. So when the pandemic hit, remember Pete, we wondered what it was going to do to our Southern Oregon inventory and shock of all shocks the the uh, folks started coming here fleeing from the urban areas and they were the ones that could get their hands on a lot of cash quickly and they started buying up southern oregon real estate as they did in other parts of the country but i think our inventory took a big hit and any seller that was on the market in that six to nine month did extremely well because not only the COVID, but the fires raised the prices artificially and in a low inventory environment, the sellers really, really got a good deal this year. Well, we were saying that this is such a strange year because we could say both the, uh, this, it's a great time to sell for a seller to, to do this. And it's also a fabulous time to buy for a buyer. We've never been able to say that really in the same breaths as we have all throughout most of 2020 because of what, of what you're saying. The inventory and the low interest rates all played a, a part in that. And you're right, you know, April through May, it seems like that's when we had a big gush of, of, of out-of-towners coming in, buying a lot of rural properties. Remember, the biggest catchword of 2020 was, is, is your property... Uh, can I work remotely, right, from anywhere in the county? And some people could, some couldn't, and that depended on, on price because people were looking for those. It took about three months, and then that kind of filtered out a little bit, it seems. But the biggest thing to me, Alice, is right now is that it's still a problem for people of modest means, of any kind of modest means of looking for property. There just aren't any listings. Look, Jackson County, if by my calculation, Jackson County is like 238 stick-built uh, listings right now. Of the 238, Alice, 179 are above 350,000, and 141 of those are above 500,000. So over half the market, half the market, over half the market in Jackson County is properties over $500,000. You go look below that, try to find, try to find housing. That's where it's at. That's what's not there. But above that, my goodness, the, the inventory of five, six, seven hundred thousand is enormous. It's a great, the choice is amazing if you can afford it. 
Well, and I think that's the part to keep in mind is we have two separate things happening at the same time. One is the prices and one is the inventory. And yes, they do have a relationship with each other, but I want to talk about the prices because this time last year, you could still buy a pretty decent rural property, um, one to five acres, possibly irrigated for 400,000, maybe 450. Now that same property that's 400, 450,000 is a fixer upper, barely financeable, but it's still on some acreage and uh, it's going to have internet. And if you draw an invisible line around the cell service, if you go on the cell maps and then overlay the real estate map, you can actually see the price differentiation. And it, because these people coming from out of the area that had cash at the time, they reacted very quickly to the COVID and only time will tell if they made a good bet or not, that they came in and they drove the prices up artificially, if you want to call it that. And they took the premier properties off the market. And then what was left or came on the market later had these higher prices, but it wasn't in as good a condition and it didn't offer as many benefits. But yeah. they had internet and you could have chickens and zucchini yeah. and you could what? be somewhat self-sufficient. And that's what people were going for between March and September. Yeah. They brought prices in the rural properties in both Jackson and Josephine counties up 20%, Alice. I mean, that, that's, that's an enormous increase in, uh, in value uh, in one year. That was September, October, November of this year. It was up rural properties up 20% in value. Uh, it was the residential properties you were talking about that was up 13% during that time. But October was a really outlier month. Remember October, sales went crazy in October. A uh, hundred, I mean, it was like a hundred and thirty some million dollars worth of sales in Jackson County in October went way up, came back down in November. But, but still, you know, those are big increases that people are having to take. And again, what it does, it drives some people out of the market. Now, you know, we also remember this year what happened is FHA. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that. FHA raised their loan limits with like to $550,000. Is that what's driving some of these sales that we're seeing now? Well, because I think I'm, it's a combo. It's all three things at the same time. Higher rate. I mean, higher. Are they? Is that what it is? Well, and the FHA, you know, it's great that they raise the rate. And what that means, if, if you're out there listening and we don't want to confuse you, but FHA has what I call an artificial limit on what they will loan and they do it by region. And so our region was down just a little over 300. Is that right? Like it was 307, 314. And now it's up almost to 350. Uh -huh. Okay, so your FHA buyer has a three and a half percent down payment minimum, and they can have a lower credit score. I think 588 is the right. very lowest. Yeah, so that's and it's a government backed program, Federal Housing Administration. That's what FHA means. So when they raise that limit right after the corona and the fires drove up our prices, now we have even more buyers. Now we have even more buyers in these higher price range, but thank goodness that they did raise the rates when they did on FHA, because now at least those buyers can compete better in that 300 to 350 range and get a little better house because the FHA program demands that the house be in better condition. Well, you, you, you can go up to five, you can go up higher than that in the loan limit with them now too. That also includes VA as well, those higher limits, but you know, interest rates, that always is the trump card here. And so far, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> most of this year, they have, they have continued, you know, a, 
kind of a decline and hold and they have not risen. And we've been talking about that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, last month we were talking with Guy Giles about is it possible that interest rates could go below 2% on, on a 30-year fix? I mean, they're right now they're 2.187. We've seen some of those. So, I mean, as long as, and we've been talking about this for a long time, as long as those interest rates are going to stay in that category, the housing market is going to continue to be a, a driving force in the economy because it opens up so many opportunities for people to afford housing on their own and, uh, a, and a better house maybe than what they're in because of those interest rates. And we've seen that everywhere. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal what people are getting and what their rate, what their, what their payments are uh, with, with some of these rates. Wow. And who would have ever thought, I mean, I refinanced my house. I got 2.875 and now that's high. That's high. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another question to ask Pete. Do you think that because the rates are so low, a lot of sellers just opted to refinance instead of sell their house? I think there's some of that. But again, to me, the biggest thing from what people that I talk with when I run around all over the place is that there's just so much uncertainty, Alice. In, I mean, we're in a lockdown. Schools aren't open. Restaurants aren't open. You know, all of the things that are happening to us, you can't go anywhere for Christmas. You can't travel. So to me, people are telling me, I, I don't need to go anywhere right now until this is over. I'm waiting until this is over. Now, look, we've had some really good news this last week. You know, the vaccinations are starting in our state. Whoops, Pete, we lost you there. Are you there? Sorry, folks, we're working yeah. remotely. We just lost a connection there. Go ahead. You were just saying the vaccinations. Well, I mean, we're, we're seeing some, I think the governor even said, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, maybe, because people are getting vaccinated. But again, I think the housing market was driven, as you say, by the low interest rates from people coming in. Local people kind of stayed put until this is over. And then, unless, as you always say, some people have to move, some people jobs, whatever, and that's really true. But for a lot of us who make the choice we want to do something different, we can delay that because COVID makes it, first of all, easy to delay until it's over, whatever that means. And then you watch what's going to happen. You're going to see a lot of that pent up. We, a lot of that pent up seller demand come out versus we always talk about pent up buyer demand. We're going to have pent up seller demand when the COVID crisis is over. Schools are back open. Sports is being played. All that's back back to where it, it was before. And I think that's too late. The opportunity for sellers will be gone. It, it not gone, gone, but right now if you wanted to put your house on the market between christmas and new year's you're going to get oh. showings you're going to be in escrow and you're going to have buyers falling all over oh. themselves okay well, well, if and when yeah. the inventory goes up then the sellers are going to have to compete with each other but what price range are you talking about that's I'm the talking thing. about all price ranges i had but, something sell for cash that was over a million dollars and i didn't even get to put it on the market it just oh. boom. I, I've, I've, I, would, I would sell for 525 and we didn't even get it on, you know, as well. So I understand that, but it's what the price range is, the price that we're talking about that's really the, the difference of what we're going to see. And uh, uh, three, if you're looking for 250, 300,000, 350, that's pretty slim pickings. If I'm looking for 650, 750, Alice, I've got a lot of choice. So there, and it depends what town you're in. So it really varies from town to town where it is. 
we talk about overall statistics, but it's it's really harsh to find stuff in certain price ranges in certain communities. But I think if you're a buyer and you have a real specific housing need, then you have to buy what fits your need for your life in the moment. And we've got a break coming up, but um, we're going to talk more about where the opportunities are because if you are looking for commercial property, if you're looking like Pete is talking about for the more expensive residential, then you're going to have a lot more choices. You have more negotiations available. So we have a break coming up. Uh, this is Alice Lima and Pete Belcastro at the Real Estate Show. John L. Scott Brokers here in Southern Oregon. We are doing our 2020 year in review wrap up. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show. Pete Belcastro is here with me. I'm Alice Lima. We're both brokers at John L. Scott here in Southern Oregon, and we're doing our 2020 year in review. And what a wild ride it's been. The fires, the COVID, the market was trying to stabilize, and then it went crazy. We're still doing the low inventory, low interest rate thing. And then we had an election. <laughs> so... A much contested election, depending on who you talk to, and then a no contested election. So uh, we're not a political organization here, but elections do sometimes affect how people feel about their real estate, Pete. And I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about how things, how the market reacted with the election. Well, I don't think the market reacted any way to it. I think it didn't really matter one way or another. The, the interest rates, the economy with COVID and the lockdowns, the election wasn't going to change anything, and I really don't think it has. I just want to go back with you back to March, because you and I had a conversation when this thing first happened. We really thought that originally real estate was going to go right off the rails. Who was going to buy? Who was going to come around? We were, we were supposed to wear masks and do all these kinds of things. And then all of a sudden, I remember you, you and I both were getting kind of phone calls from out-of-state people uh, wanting to information about, I can work remotely. We, we've seen that trend continue um, since then. Maybe it's slowed down a little bit, but uh, it's certainly there. So right off the bat, the market was not going to be what we thought it was going to be, right? <laughs> with, with, with COVID, it just really wasn't. Uh, and yet it was better than we had, could have ever imagined it was going to be for so many people. Yeah, it really caught us by surprise because you and I thought people were going to abide by the different governor's oh. shutdown orders. It never occurred to us people would be sneaking over the border to buy houses. That just was not in our realm of possibilities. And then it happened. Yeah. So now that we're past that, looking back, I'm thinking that was the first wave. And then we had kind of the second wave in the summer. And then we had the fires. And then we had the election. And then you had a wave in October that everything went crazy up in October. So we had really several kind of wavy uh, parts of the, yeah. really, thinking about that, I, you know, that, and I don't know you, the fires and things, how much they've all played, you know, there was a lot of cleanup. I would say, I would have to say one thing, when you drive now through Phoenix talent and the areas there, you really notice now. Uh, more cleanup going on, Alice. And well, did I, you I, see I, that but, houses are selling in the burn area? Well, people are looking for um, uh, lots, you know, so again, there's opportunities. We always talk about crisis and opportunities you create for yourself. And uh, for sellers, maybe in those areas, maybe they don't want to come back to the, to the fire zones 
Certainly, if you didn't own property, you're gone. But if you owned a lot, do you keep it or do you sell it? That's a question that a lot of people are going through right now and what those lots are going to be worth. And is there anybody who can even build anything because, you know, we're still short of, of you know, contractors and getting things built. And the other part of it is prices have really gone up pretty dramatically or going up for building materials as a result of fires, not only here, but in Northern Oregon and California, whatever. So building material prices are going up the same way it happened a few years ago. Remember, there was a, a plant in Santa Rosa that burned an insulation plant and insulation prices went crazy. So we're going to see that as well. So even though building may sound good, you're going to pay more because of the materials cost that's affecting uh, new construction right now all well, over. That's if you can even get a contractor to talk to you. We had yeah. some, some complaints from folks who were trying to get estimates to have their homes rebuilt in the Phoenix talent burn area. And they just were met with kind of the cold shoulder. Builders were already booked up for 18 months. They were not very polite on the phone with them. And they decided, a lot of these folks decided not to rebuild and they actually left the area. <laughs> so this is all very interesting because there's there's a lot of freedom that was created this year by the tragedies. And that's something we haven't really talked about is people have the freedom now to live anywhere they want. Uh, during the COVID, before the burns, I had a bunch of people in Ashland sell their houses in what they thought was a high tax area. And they went, some went to Josephine County and some went to Klamath County and they got the deal of a lifetime. And their taxes are lower. They have good internet. They got a ton of house for the price and they feel like they're free and liberated from this um, location they were tied to because of their job. So the remote worker thing. And then if you lost a house and you don't have to stay in the area, you can look around the United States and go anywhere you want. And that's how people from other places find us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you talked about new construction for a second. Let's look at that. If people, you know, there was, we have a shortage of contractors already before all of this. And now we're in this boat where we have the opportunity, we can add a tremendous amount back, but we don't have the, we don't have the contractors here. But if you're saying- Whoops, what, we lost your audio. Can you repeat that? Oh, yeah. And look up eight, new new construction. Alice is 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 there, uh, but we had a shortage of contractors before all this, and with prices rising, and the, these guys are booked out that far. There's that much business ahead that they're facing, to where they're they're not even going to look at these places in Phoenix and Talent. You're right for another year, year and a half. So it's so supply what, and demand again, right? Because they're that busy. But again, what are we building? You know, how are we building it? Remember, we had Mayor Chris Lutz on with us from Phoenix uh, a few months ago, and we talked with him about kind of recreating housing in a different way in Phoenix and talent. And I, I know they're talking about that, and I hope that they do. I hope something comes of that that's different, because, boy, I, I feel really I feel sorry for people who want to rebuild in those zones that can't find a contractor and they're going to pay a pretty darn high price for it, even with insurance if they can find one but they're still going to be months and months and months away from even turning a shovel. That's what's so discouraging, I think, for so many people in the zones. And that's why it's easier, Alice, just to go ahead and sell the lot off and go someplace else where you're already there. 
Yeah, or just hold off. And so it really comes down to supply and demand again. And so if you look at the different micro markets, like there's a lot of opportunity in some of the residential and the higher price ranges, that's a little more negotiable. Uh, the, um, the idea of having the commercial opportunities. And I, again, I've been saying ever since the Corona, the more shutdowns we have, the harder hit our businesses are going to be. Um, but that creates opportunity in that segment of the real estate market. And it's all kinds of commercial. It's not just, um, you know, a business that was brick and mortar on highway 99. It's the strip malls, it's the big malls, it's some of the uh, industrial complexes. I think if those businesses were not essential services, we're going to see a lot more supply than we even had before. So you really have to look at the supply and demand. If the supply of contractors is really low, maybe wait, wait till there's a glut on the market when they're not busy. And then you can go back and negotiate a better deal. But if you need something built right now, you know, if you need something remodeled right now, you're going to be in a world of hurt. You know, all the remodels that my investor friends are doing, um, they're having a much smaller pool of contractors to deal with. And uh, they're having to make some hard choices about timing because this might not be the right time to do a remodel. Yeah, well, try to find an electrician to come and do some work for you. Exactly, or a plumber. <laughs> plumber comes to you. Try Try to find a roofer to come and see you right now. Again, they tell when I call them for clients or for my own stuff, I'm told, you know, six to eight weeks at least, you know, to wait before we can even come out. You're looking at March. I'm trying to get a fence built. I don't get that until April. <laughs> I mean, so uh, the trades people, boy, you talk about opportunities of, uh, you know, young people have chances to get into businesses that really can do something. The trades are, are just enormously short staffed right now. And they're uh, considered essential services. So I think that's an excellent idea. Anybody who can pick up a hammer and knows what to do with it should do that right now. And Klamath County, I'm noticing there's all this population increase and the services have not kept up. So again, it's supply and demand. If you could be a tradesperson and go to Klamath County, I think you could really make bank. Although you know, Jackson Everywhere. County needs you too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and that is going to hold up the market. It's going to hold up a lot of things as a result of that, that people can and cannot do. So uh, we really have, we've had a problem with that since 2008, according to uh, uh, Brad, uh, you know, Brad Bennington from the Home Builders Association, that people left, the tradespeople left and never came back. And here we are, what, 12 years later, and we're still in that same boat. And now we have fires that took a lot of housing we lost a lot of housing and we're not we don't have the, the capability of bringing it back anytime soon anytime quickly and that's kind of probably what's so frustrating for so many people that it's just going to take so long uh, to get anything and, and that's and that's too bad geez we ought to be able to handle this a little bit better in terms of uh of building and, and helping people like this anyway it's a mess that part of us that part of our market, I think, is the biggest mess, the biggest problem that we face going into 2020, Alice, is that. We going into 2021, you mean? I'm sorry, 2020, 2021. Yeah, is that. 
Yeah. Well, but it's all about opportunity. And um, so many folks lost their jobs. You know, this was really devastating, I think, to um, our uh, economy here in Southern Oregon. So many of my friends lost their businesses and and um, so many of my clients had to make some really hard choices. Uh, so now we're looking uh, toward the next year. Some of them are in bankruptcy. Some of them just had to sell off their stuff and start over. But there's always opportunity in every disaster, there's opportunity. So we have to look around and see where that opportunity lies. And I think the trades are really a great place to go. If you have some skills and your, um, your wages are really high. We've got electricians getting 80 and $83 an hour right now. Oh yeah. Remodelers are They get 60 to $80 an hour and some even a little bit more. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a golden opportunity there for, you know, for, for people to get involved with or learn. The contractors licenses, a lot of people, you know, we have that in school and all that stuff. So we, we, we need, we really do need people to do this and to, and to get into the trace to help the housing market overall. It's pretty, it's pretty bleak without you, you know. I just wanted to say last week, Alex, you're talking about prices, you know, around <clears throat> the median, Jackson County, by the way, had 63 uh, closed sales last week and the median price at five hundred and four thousand dollars. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen. See, that's not sustainable, right? That's not sustainable. that's not sustainable. You guys, I say this is a spike. Josephine County's median price last week on thirty-one sales was four hundred and seven thousand dollars. Klamath County's median price on twenty-five sales was three hundred and four thousand. Yeah. See, I just. <laughs> I just don't, that's not sustainable. So if you're a seller, get the glaze out of your eyes. That's not sustainable. Well, sellers, <laughs> if you're in the lower price ranges, sellers are going to get their money. Okay. And if the house is anywhere decent and let's face it, come on, you make your house decent when you put it on the market. You know, if it's decent, you're going to get them, you're going to get your price. If you're in the upper price range, you're going to have to negotiate and you better be prepared to do so. Yeah, but but at least people will look at it, which they wouldn't have this time last year. So it's going to be interesting to see. And next week, we're going to talk about what we think 2021 is really going to be like and make some start making our year end predictions. Um, but boy, I, you just if somebody had told me this time last year that we're going to have a worldwide pandemic, you know, raging wildfires and like all this political upheaval, I just would have laughed them, laughed them off the face of the earth. So um, we're going to be back with the last segment of our 2020 uh, year in review, Pete and Alice. So do not touch that dial. We'll be right back. Well, here we are again, folks, Pete and Alice with the Real Estate Show. We're both brokers at John L. Scott here in Southern Oregon, and we're wrapping up our 2020 year in review. It was such a wild ride. Um, and you know, this is a great time to uh, have some gratitude. Even the folks that lost their house, they're settled, they're getting reoriented. People that lost their jobs, they're finding new ways. See, and that's the human spirit, don't you think? We're so resilient, especially Southern Oregonians, Pete. We're oh. so resilient. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout out to today, we both do, to the Medford Earth Angels Foundation, which is a foundation run by John L. Scott Agents, and I know this last week, right before Christmas, we're all busy, uh, they got a pretty good turnout of, of money this year, they a lot, earned a lot of money, and so they gave it away in uh, wonderful baskets for holiday baskets to many families in need throughout the area, and so 
that's just a shout out to them. Realtors do other things besides sell houses too. And that's a nice, uh, a nice thing. I know, uh, I don't feel it, but I had several families that were, that were recipients this year. And I was really pleased that, uh, they were able to get made a big that difference also, in your that's life. All you know, local. Through... Right. That's yep. all. And, yeah, no, it is. And, and it's a wonderful thing. It's, again, it's agents being not just selling houses, but also helping your community. And these were all, a lot of them were fire victims. Uh, and so they were really appreciative of the, of the gifts and the, uh, uh, that from the earth angel. So that was really kind of a nice thing. Yes. It, this is the time of the year, really, you know, that in the middle of the pandemic, schools and everything, gosh, Alice, what a, what we've been through, you know, as, oh, as a society. Teachers, yeah. Our poor teachers, um, you know, a, a shout out to all of them and the school administrators for hanging in there, for making it work for the families. Um, the emergency responders during the fire was amazing. And you know, during the fire, um, and Sheriff uh, Nathan Sickler uh, touched on this when we interviewed him this year, that the interdepartmental cooperation in a nanosecond, remember that during the fire, all those different organizations coming together to help, even when it wasn't their area. Do you remember that? Together, they worked together to, to help each other after that fire. It was really cool. It's nice to see. Hey, I also wanted to, since we're talking, so we're in the middle of winter, we haven't talked about this, the weather. We're, <laughs> we're getting some snow in the mountains. That is, and that is, I, I'm, I'm, we're, we, need, we need more, and we need a lot of it. Uh, because, boy, the reservoirs are absolutely still at zero. I mean, Rima Grand Lake hasn't risen, doesn't seem like hardly at all. Uh, none of them have, and so we need snow. Uh, you know, I grew up over here in the climate there. We had a lot of snow when I was a kid, and it's not that way anymore. I hated the snow with so much of it all the time. Now, I don't know about you, but when I see snow and rain, I see a whole different thing about it now, how much we need it, how much we depend on it, because as I tell you, you, you now believe me that when we have a lot of water and a good water here, everybody's happy. Everything goes better, and so yeah. that's the hope for 2021 is that we can get some our winter storms are going to come through here and give us enough, uh, you know, snow in the mountains that we can get through the the, uh, the summer because we, we just barely made it this last year in 2020. And that's kind of a forgotten story was the drought. It got just kind of pushed aside by the by COVID. And that story is still out there because that affects real estate, that affects sales, that affects have a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. And we don't want to have another high fire danger year next year. So, um, yeah. So everybody, please pray for rain and snow. Um, I wanted to take a second and shout out to uh, our hospitals, our local hospitals really stepped up with the fire victim uh, donations and uh, Sante in particular uh, is setting up their uh, mobile, not mobile home, RV their RV pads for some of their workers who lost their home. And I think that's a, a corporation going above and beyond. We don't always see that. So we want to say thank you, Asante, for doing that. I know a lot of my clients were, were able to get housing on short notice because of that. Uh, and I think the Rogue Valley Manor also did something like that for their employees. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a wonderful thing to see, especially around the holiday season here as we head into a new year and hope people do stay stay safe Alice uh, so we're looking forward you know to uh, to 2021 I, I am so glad that 2020 is over I, I it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so weird because we both had really good real estate years that part of our businesses were really good because there was a lot of buyers and real estate was really good the emotional part of that I guess maybe a little bit 
maybe a little bit different, but to see the year end, I'm sure glad. And uh, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm excited because we're seeing vaccinations coming now. Maybe we're going to get through it. Maybe schools are going to open up right after the first of the year. I know many of them are, are certainly anxious to do so. We get restaurants like here, Gino's open back up again. We're going to be thrilled about that too and start seeing our people. And so there may be some light at the end of the tunnel, at least uh, here at the end of the year, because it's been a pretty bleak, in so many ways, it's been a bleak year, and yet it's been an amazing year. Gosh, the, the dichotomy of that is just crazy to me. Yeah, um, how, yeah. how and everybody and other people experience the same thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild. I, I mean, we've never had a year like it, and I hope we don't, I hope we don't have to go through it again. Let's just have a big real estate year. That'll be fine in 2021, but let's get out of the lockdowns and get business open and people back working because it's really been sad to what's happened to so many businesses and so many people, as you said. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Pete, you and your family were um, uh, affected by the fires and uh, you've had to relocate to a different county. Um, and I do get asked a lot how you and your family are doing because it's now, what, three months since you lost your home uh, down in Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's been that way. And, and you know, we're settling in to, to our new world and uh, it's okay. You know, you just, you, you know, I always tell people you play the hand that's dealt you. And um, this wasn't what we would have wanted or, or wanted to do, but uh, you know, life is, life is never predictable. And it, what it is, Alice, is just writing another chapter in your life story. And, and that's what makes it so interesting, you know, living uh, today. So, you know, it was another chapter in our life and we're ready to go. And, and it's, I think things are good. And I talked to many of the other victims in our park and other places and people are actually getting along okay. I, I, they're, they're, you never get over it. You know, you never will get over losing all your possessions and things, but you move on. And I keep busy working, so I don't think about it. I think that's really kind of cool. <laughs> you know, so I don't have to think about it a lot, but um, uh, I think you just have to move on and you do and, and life goes on. And that's what we're doing. And we're here for each other. There's a lot of help out there. There's the Red Cross. You know, we saw the expo open up their parking lot during the fires. Um, we all have our friends and neighbors and our families. So we're not uh, we're not alone. If you are still struggling, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to Pete. Um, realtors in general are a helpful bunch. We're not just about selling houses. We're here to help. The local uh, Rogue Valley Association of Realtors has done a lot to help this year. Uh, we want to be thankful for them. A lot of our sponsorships through the lenders and the inspectors, everybody's here for each other. And we're very grateful yeah. to all of them. And we're glad that you landed on your feet um again southern oregonians we are a resilient bunch aren't we now we yeah. just need some rain and snow and i hope everybody had a nice christmas as weird as it, weird as it probably was we have new year's coming up this week uh you know be safe again let's get through this let's get over this and let's get back to uh let's get back to february of 2020 <laughs> that's right smooth sailing okay and smooth sailing ahead and uh and everybody's life is going to be wonderful. I wish it could be that way. We, we want it to, and we, we hope it is, uh, and we can face everything if it, if it isn't, right? And we, and we have each other. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners for a great year. Join us next week for the 2021. We're going to start talking about what's coming up. So make it a great weekend. Talk to you then. Bye now. <laughs>